Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. All right, welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Producer Joe, how are you today? Happy Monday to you there, Dano. <laughs> yes. Happy Monday. Mondays are always joyous, uh, aren't they? Yes. Um, listen, I love Monday's show, though, because there's never a lack of content. You have the no. whole weekend to catch up. Thank you again to everybody who watched Hannity on Friday on Fox, where I guest hosted. You all are the best. Love you to death. I mean it. The best audience around. Yeah, man. I will be in again tomorrow night, Tuesday, July 2nd. Set your DVR for Sean, 9 p.m. Eastern time on Fox. Please check it out. I really appreciate you all watching it. You, you, Your support for my work is really... um. Heartwarming. I mean that. Um, Also, one quick (laughs) note for Joe, too. I had to tell him this this morning. We will be taking our first vacation day ever in the show's history to give everybody a break. We will not be doing a show on July 4th this week in recognition of Independence Day. It is our first day off ever. But, uh, you know, we have families, too. And uh, I appreciate your loyalty. I hope you all understand. Thank you for your continued loyalty to the show. But it will be shows every other day, all original shows. Don't you worry. Just not for Independence Day this week. So I really appreciate that. All right. Amazing content for you today. Washington Post, already running interference. Something's going to drop soon, I promise you. I'll get to that on the Spygate thing. Whenever the Washington Post gets involved, you know something's up. Here it comes. Um, Secondly, uh, well, I'll get to this after the break here. Um, What happened this weekend in Portland, Oregon is an absolute disgrace. The mayor, the police chief should resign. Uh, We are under attack by these people. I want to get to that first. Don't go anywhere. The show is going to be stacked today. All right. Today's show brought to you by buddies at Boosted. Listen, don't sit in traffic. Stop searching for parking or smelling your seatmate's sandwich on the bus or the train, riding the streets, wind in your hair, ride those streets on your own Boosted electric vehicle. Here's mine. Ah, there it is. There it is. Boosted. We love it. That's mine. All right. Boosted. Time spent in traffic is not spent exploring, creating, and having fun. Use Boosted to get where you need to go. Getting from point A to point B means spending more time waiting than moving. If you're sick of waiting to get where you're going, let Boosted give you a lift. Boosted's vehicle-grade electric skateboards and scooters are the modern solution to your transportation woes. With a 22-mile range and a max speed of 24 miles an hour, Boosted is perfect for both running to the store and traveling across town. This thing's really cool. The remote's easy to use, too. Designed to provide a luxury experience. It's no wonder Boosted was one of Time Magazine's best inventions of 2018 with five options to pick from, including the new scooter, the Boosted Rev. There's a personal electric vehicle that's tailor-made for you, starting at $61 a month with financing. There's no better time to change how you move around. Right now, Boosted's offering our listeners $75 off the purchase of an electric vehicle when you use the code DAN at checkout. Go to BoostedBoards.com. That's BoostedBoards.com. Use the code DAN at checkout to get $75 off your vehicle. That's BoostedBoards.com. Promo code DAN at checkout for $75 off. All right, let's go. Nice. Yes. Throwing a little extra one. Okay. <laughs> Story number one. Ladies and gentlemen, the Republic, um, sadly, is dissolving in front of our very eyes here. We share nothing in common with these radical leftist lunatics anymore. Nothing. Um, I don't know what's going on in America with the Democrat Party. I'm, I'm assuming, based on some conversations I've had in my neighborhood and with friends, people who are Democrats, that they're getting upset and frustrated at this, too. But the Democrat Party's being hijacked by a bunch of liberal, lunatic, violent, aggressive maniacs. Maniacs. Sick 
disturbed, troubling people. Just this past week alone, Joseph, just this past week mm-hmm. alone, we've seen the New York Times, uh, an op-ed that was actually run in their paper, suggesting that Border Patrol agents, patriots who raised their right hand to support and defend this country, by the way, many of whom are minority th- minorities themselves, right. that those Border Patrol agents, their home addresses should be given out. This was an op-ed in the New York Slimes, folks. The Slimes ran this to intimidate them into not doing their jobs. So now we should dox U.S. government agents trying to defend our borders from drug runners, drug traffickers, and basically people coming into the country illegally in violation of our laws. We should put their home addresses out there so they're intimidated. This ran in the in the outrageous, disgusting promotion of violence now, New York Times, right? Yeah. We've also seen last week, we had the U.S. soccer team, I'm not even going to mention her name anymore, playing for the soccer team at the World Cup. Who thinks it's a good idea to crap on the national anthem? She says, I'm not going to the blank and white house. We, this, is, this is the modern left. Mm. We saw last week during the debates, who, who wants health care for illegal immigrants in America? I do. How to debate with Austin Goolsby on this on Hannity. You know, who wants to cancel your private insurance in favor of government-run insurance? I do. The Democrat, this is the Democrat Party. Now, it all came to a crescendo this week, and I'm sitting in the local Bonefish having dinner with my wife, my mother-in-law, my family, my kids. We're having a good time. Some people came up and some nice things to say. I'm just trying to relax, and of course, we can't because I go to Twitter and I see this horrible video. This is um, hat tip Jim Ryan from The Oregonian who was at the scene filming this. He put this on his Twitter account. This is a journalist, a real journalist, by the way, Andy uh-huh. No. <laughs> He's reporting on an Antifa rally in Portland, and he goes to this Antifa rally to report. And because he's uh, reported on, done honest journalism, Joe, on Antifa in the past, this violent, aggressive group of terrorist thug savages, they knew he was coming Antifa. So what did they proceed to do? These Antifa animal savage pigs decide it's appropriate to beat the living snot out of this guy, Andy No. They steal his equipment. Mm -hmm. They hit him with quick, dry cement. They punch him. They throw his object. Looks like a rock at the back of his head. He winds up in the hospital with a brain bleed, and he winds up with his earlobe torn. And, uh, of course, he stays. He's in the ER. I think he's out now. But, ladies and gentlemen, these people are savages. They are total animals. Now, We know Antifa, the anti-First Amendment, anti-civil liberties, violent, tug, thug, tyrannical, savage pig men and pig women. Total disgraces. Yes, I'm pissed. And I'm not making any apologies about it today because these people are chumps. It's it's not just that they're chumps, cowards and pigs that bothers me. That's not it. What bothers me also, folks, and I'll get to this in a second. Mm -hmm. I have some tweets coming up and some other stuff to show you, is the response to this. Uh. Ladies and gentlemen, let me, right? Let me put myself on the record. And Joe, I know I'm speaking for you, so I don't even have to caveat this. And Paula as well. Let's get this on the record. If you claim my ideological affiliation conservatism and you go out and pretend in our name that you're doing us some kind of justice or you're engaged in some higher cause and you think it's appropriate to unprovoked physically and violently attack another human being a reporter otherwise get the out of our movement tomorrow there you go you don't belong here you're not welcome here 
You are to anyone who in the name of so-called conservatism, because it's not conservatism, we believe in big R, God-given rights for every human being. That means the right not to be violently attacked. You do not speak in our name. I condemn completely, to use the words of President Trump, ironically, because the left seems to forget that, completely anyone, and I know you do in our audience too, who engages in, in unprovoked violence against any human being, who engages in outright racism, any kind of supremacy of any kind based on the color of anyone's skin, you do not belong to any movement I belong in or anyone in my audience. Beat it. See you, wouldn't want to be you. You engage in violence, go to jail, and rot like the stain on humankind you are. Period. Period. You get that? Now, in case you had any difficulty understanding that, we do not condone the violent, aggressive beatings of other human beings in this movement. That's the liberals thing. That's your thing. Oh, you doubt that? Now, folks, before I put these tweets up of maniac liberals defending this attack, and you can, if you want to see the video, you can see it on Twitter, you can see it on our YouTube, youtube.com slash Bongino, but I describe, they spray him with silly string, they hit him with quick dry cement, they throw a rock at his head, they punch him in the face, they steal his equipment, this reporter, these Antifa thugs. If this would have happened, Joe... With a bunch of MAGA hat-wearing people who mm -hmm. attacked physically and beat the hell out of a CNN reporter, God forbid, this would be condemned universally by every sane, rational, sentient being who claims conservatism. And as I said on Fox and Friends this morning, thank you for your feedback on the appearance, by mm -hmm. the way, which was extensive, where I kind of got upset as well about this. I'm telling you, I don't speak for Fox News, okay? I, I work there, but I don't speak for them. If you were to go on Fox News, I can guarantee you this tomorrow. Again, it's not speaking me speaking for their management. If you were to go on Fox and condone any violence against anyone, you would be fired tomorrow. Justifiably so. I'm not talking about self-defense if someone punches you in the face. I'm talking about unprovoked, aggressive violent beatings like what happened to this guy this weekend. Now, without any further delay, let me show you some tweets, and I could do this all day. These are just two of the gold medal, platinum medal, award-winning idiots of Twitter this weekend. Here first is some guy, Ayman Ishmael. He claims to be some reporter for somewhere. This guy's a human disgrace. He's a slob. Look at this maniac, what he tweets. I'd argue what the fear-mongering he's done against Muslims. Keep in mind, they're talking about this reporter. There's yeah. been no fear-mongering. He's making this up. Plus, the work he's done to discredit hate crimes helps create an atmosphere of violence that vulnerable people all have to live with, uh, live through just for being who they are. This is bad, but he's guilty of worse. In other words, this guy who got a beating, a vicious, aggressive beating, oh, he deserved it according to Ayman Ismail. A disgrace to humankind, I'm in Ishmael. A disgrace to anybody who knows him and anybody around him. Yeah, more like I'm Again, an I idiot. could do this all day. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just picking the 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 the, the gold medal award winners of idiots. Yeah, that's a bad one, bro. Here's another one. This is bad. This is from this is from a woman, Charlotte Clymer, who actually worked for Hillary Clinton, according to her own Twitter, in the communications department. 
Andy No intentionally provokes people on the left to drive his content. Being attacked today on video taken by an actual journalist, because No is definitely not, is the greatest thing that could have happened to his career. You know it. I know it. He knows it. We all know it. This is someone who worked for Hillary Clinton. A disgrace to humanity all over the planet. A stain on humankind. This is, Joe, this is good for him now. Oh, Taking a yes. beating, yeah, uh-huh. having your earlobe nearly ripped off, and oh, suffering yeah. a brain bleed while doing journalism. It's a good thing, according yeah, sure to Hillary Clinton's sure old employee yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, right. Oh, he's great. Yeah, well said. He's, I'm sure he loved it. I'm sure he loved every second. Silly string sprayed in his face, quick dry cement thrown at his face. Yeah, I'm sure he loved every second of that, folks. Having his expensive equipment stolen. <sighs> These are the animals we have to deal with on the left. Absolute savages. I want to get into why this is happening now. But before we get to that, I want to point out the mayor of Oregon, Portland, Oregon, excuse me, Portland, Oregon. You have to be precise in this. Ted Wheeler, you're an embarrassment. You are an embarrassment to law enforcement, political people, I mean, anywhere in the history of this universe or any alternate universe you may believe exists out there. The mayor of Portland should resign yesterday. Ted Wheeler is a disgrace. He has clearly created an environment in Portland. Listen, I'm not going to get into like boycotts. You do what you want to do. But to travel to Portland as a conservative, you're crazy. Clearly, the mayor of Portland doesn't give a rat's caboose at all about the safety of people who don't align with his ideological cause. I'll say this. I worked as a cop in New York City, a liberal city. It was liberal when I was there. It's still liberal now under de Blasio. But I can be, I am so confident in the NYPD. If you were to go walk down the streets of New York, which I do a lot, he said, I'll be up there tomorrow filling in for Sean again. And I were to be attacked. I'm absolutely positive the NYPD would get involved and would stop that and would arrest that person for an assault. No doubt. Not a scintilla of doubt in my mind. What is going on in Portland? I'm not knocking the rank and file cops. From what I've heard, they've been, they've been given specific instructions. But gosh, what is the police chief? Do? What are you do? What is your job? What exactly is your job that you let masked terrorists, anti-First Amendment, that's what Antifa stands for. It does. Don't, don't, don't believe it. It's an anti-First Amendment. You're letting masked terrorists with weapons, quick dry cement bombs, and let them throw rocks at the heads of people while stealing their equipment. What are you doing? What exactly is your job? What a disgrace. You're not the police chief because you're not policing anything. They should all resign in absolute shame, in shame and disgrace. And I can tell you now, conservatives, it's clear you are not welcome in Portland, Oregon. Ted Wheeler doesn't think you should be safe out there, apparently. What are his orders to the police department exactly? You're going to wait for a stabbing or a knifing? By these, by these liberal anti-First Amendment groups before you intervene? What exactly is your policy? Folks, the reason I bring this up and I'm hot about this too 
is Joe and I have covered this before in Portland. Mm-hmm. This is not the first time. Right. This has happened repeatedly. Anti-First Amendment, Antifa people sitting in the middle of the street, directing traffic, ordering innocent people of trying to go to work. To You turn here. I want to go straight. I said, I'm talking about Antifa, not cops doing this. Right. Ted Wheeler needs to be exposed. He needs to be humiliated and exposed on a national scale to disincentivize any big city mayor or any public representative again from foregoing their responsibility to protect the citizens of their city to favor their ideological allies, the anti-First Amendment crowd. Let me say one more time on this too, in case there's any confusion about what I'm saying. Under no circumstances do I, you can listen, you feel however you want in your audience. This is you, you, you think I'm not here to indoctrinate you. I'm not a preacher. I'm a commentator. But having been exposed to violence my entire life, literal violence, whether it's from working the streets of East New York, Brooklyn as a cop, as a secret service agent to other things that happened that, you know, I've described in the show, but I mean, I, I, mm-hmm. I just remember as a kid, this moment, I've talked about it before. You know, I'm sitting there in the car. With my, you know, I, I grew up in New York City and it wasn't the, the hardest streets of New York, but they weren't exactly the kindest either. I don't, you know, I hate hyperbole. It's unnecessary. But I'll tell you, I remember every single moment of my life, every second of it, I can recount it like it was yesterday. Watching this guy beat the crap out of my father over the hood of the banana yellow Nissan Maxima as he came to pick us up for the weekend. I remember every second of it. I remember the look on his face. I remember that panic. I remember that fear in his face. I remember the fear because people rushed out of the bar my family used to own to get this guy off my father. And the guy was so big that they couldn't restrain him. You know, folks, does it make sense that having been surrounded by, surrounded by violence my whole life, I've seen it up close and personal, you know, b- living my life basically on MMA mats and people beating the crap out of you all the time. Why I, I, I abhor it, why I hate it so much, why I see this unprovoked violence as the just the dissolving of the republic as we know it. I'm not telling you not to defend yourself. Don't mistake the two. But this pathway to, you know, that the left is seen towards, towards violence and PACs, the problem with it is they only do this in PACs. These are cowards. These anti-First Amendment Antifa people are chumps. They are frauds. They are wusses. They are colossal cowards with spines made of feathers. If they understood what real violence was like and they experienced the penalty of it, of what actual human violence enacted on you is like, if they actually experienced the penalty of it, they would be, let's say, less eager to do it themselves. Joe, why is there no penalty for what they do? Because they attack in packs and the cops in Portland defend them while letting them relentlessly attack others. There's mm. no penalty to them. It's like taking out a nightstick and beating up on a Muay Thai punching bag. It's never going to hit back. Mm-hmm. There's no penalty. 
because they attack in packs because they're cowards. You never, ever, ever see them challenging someone to a fight on themselves because they don't want to experience that violence in return. These people are chumps, folks. They are soft. And this is, I will, I, I will leave you with this before I, because I want to explain what's going on too. You are going down a path you do not want to go down. I cannot put this warning out there in strong enough terms. There is no end but off a cliff when you start to promote violence to your political problems. There is no end. That is a powder keg. Once that fuse is lit, you will not be able to constrain the explosion. I cannot lecture my liberal friends in strong enough terms here and encourage them I really don't have any more liberal friends to be candid, but just for a second, entertain what I'm saying. You are lighting a fuse you will not be able to put out. And you are going to start a series of fights. You do not want, you you don't want to see where this is going to go. There is no end to this. Once you start to use violence as a political tool, I have warned you repeatedly on this. We are constrained as conservatives by our belief in big R, God-given rights to every human being on this planet. It prevents us by our own moral and ethical code, thankfully, from ever attacking you. We don't do that. And we never will. But you relentlessly, violently, and aggressively condoning violent attacks on innocent people I don't think you understand how bad this could get. As I've also said before, there is no emergency break on their behavior. The left, our emergency break is an allegiance to God given rights to every human being. You don't attack your Democrat neighbor with a dry cement bomb because he's a human being. It's the credo I can't put out. This the golden rule of the Dan Bongino show, which I've told you a thousand times. The essence of this problem, we believe liberals are people with bad ideas. They believe, liberals believe conservatives, are bad people with ideas. This is a dangerous path. I cannot encourage you in strong enough terms to heavily reconsider the adoption of violence as a tactic. You will destroy and decimate whatever is left of this constitutional republic and leave a wasteland behind you. I don't know what else to say. I, I really don't. I've, I've, uh, this conversation's happened on this show 30, 40, 50 times. And you just continue to do it. There are ground rules we will abide by. Violence is unacceptable against your political opponents. Apparently, you've thrown those rules out the window. It's just frustrating, folks. I'm serious, man. I mean, mm -hmm. you ever been at the bottom of a mat in a controlled environment in a mixed martial arts class where a guy's choking the life out of you at a triangle choke and you're about to lose consciousness? You think that's fun? 
You ever wonder why guys like me, I'm 6'1", 230 pounds. Oh, Dutch, you know, oh my gosh, why, why isn't he behind us? We should be, no, no, we shouldn't be doing anything. For, that's not what we do. That is not what we, you defend yourself. That's not what we do here. The, 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 the tough guys, I, the legitimate tough guys, and women, by the way, I know, <laughs> some of them work you over pretty good. They don't talk about it. Right. They don't go start street fights. Mm-mm. They don't go out to bars and puff their chest at every guy who bumps into them because they don't need to. We don't need to. We're conservatives. We're the cops. We're the military guys. We're the, the, the steel workers. We're the electricians. We're the people out there who work their way through college, have the school of hard knocks behind us with the dirt underneath our fingernails. We don't need to impress these liberal Antifa snowflakes growing up with their marshmallows and their parents singing bedtime stories to them every night. We don't need to impress them. And I'm warning them that them trying to impress us with their fake tough guy act is going to lead off a cliff, off a cliff and fast. All right, I got a lot more to get to today. Um, By the way, speaking of tough people, did you see our new press secretary this weekend on a little bit of a lighter note? Stephanie Grisham, who took over for Sarah Sanders. Uh, I'm going to get to this in a second. It's a video of her. Um, Again, they take a little bit of a lighter note here, but God bless her. Uh, We had the North Korea summit. I'll get to that in a second. This quickie summit. uh, Trump met for an hour with uh, Kim Jong-un, and uh, I I was very impressed by her, so I'll get to that in a second. All right, today's show brought to you by uh, GenuCell. Listen, you wish that double chin would just disappear? Newsflash, ladies and gentlemen. People look at your jawline. It simply tells your age. Here is the famous Robin from Lubbock, Texas. I put GenuCell jawline cream in my neck two or three days ago. It's the best my neck has looked in 20 years. People told me my face looks young. I'm blown away. Using Here's our bottle right here, by the way, Chamonix. Using MDL technology in Chamonix's proprietary base, GenuCell's brand new jawline treatment specifically targets the delicate skin around your neck and jaw for tight, healthy, younger-looking skin. See results right before your eyes or 100% of your money back. No questions asked. My mother-in-law scooped up a lot of this. Uh, GenuCell sent me a, a bag this weekend. Order now, and the classic GenuCell for bags and puffiness is free with your order. And start to see results in 12 hours or less. GenuCell immediate effects is also yours free. No double chin. No turkey necks. Yes. And no <laughs> sagging jawlines because no one needs to know your age. Go to GenuCell.com. That's GenuCell.com. And enter Dan. 25 at checkout. Get your two free gifts and free express shipping. Go to GenuCell.com. That's G-E-N-U-C-E-L.com and enter Dan25 at checkout. That's GenuCell.com. You're going to love this stuff. My family does. Go check it out. GenuCell.com. Dan25 at checkout for your discount. Okay. So um, a couple notes on what happened in North Korea this week. And again, it was a huge breaking news weekend. President Trump tweeted out, uh, was it on Friday, an invitation to Kim Jong-un to meet him at the DMC, DMZ, the demilitarized zone. Mm-hmm. I've been there. I've been to South Korea. I've dealt with them. I'm going to get into a little behind the scenes in a second. But this is kind of a funny video. Stephanie Grisham, the new White House press secretary, there's a press shot where the press, the White House press pool, for those of you who don't know what the press pool is, um, it's about 10, 20 members of the press that are delegated to pool that day and they go out and they create pool shots for the rest of the press. They travel Mm -hmm. on Air Force One. They travel everywhere to president. They get the shot. So they wanted the White House, this shot of the meeting in this room and apparently the North Korean Secret Service 
decided it'd be a good idea to stop the press. Well, Stephanie Grisham wasn't having any of it. Uh, she runs out of the room. She shoves over this North Korean Secret Service guy with like a, a hip check like I haven't yeah. seen <laughs> since watching old, watching old New York Rangers hockey back in the day. She knocks this guy over. I love it. And she's like, you, come with me now. I love this story for a couple of reasons. I will get into the seriousness of the meetings and behind the scenes stuff. But again, in my prior line of work, when you were the, there's a number of guys on the, and, and women on the White House shift and shift in the Secret Service. The people call them the body men around the president each mm -hmm. day. One of them is always delegated over to the press as the press agent. There's a reason for it. The press has a lot of equipment. Um, explosives, weapons could be hidden in their equipment. They have a lot of cases and stuff. So what we do is we sweep that equipment in the morning. And in order to dis you know, to keep the press what we would call clean, it doesn't mean they take a shower, clean meaning free of explosives and weapons, nice. there's an agent that travels with them the rest of the day, Joe. So you don't have to constantly re-sweep the equipment with the dogs yeah. and the EOD personnel looking for explosives that. copy. Yeah. So mm -hmm. the new guy is typically yeah. the press agent. Um that's just the way it works because mm -hmm. you're the farthest away from the president. So until you kind of learned your skills, you're usually the press guy. Um, the press can be tough to deal with. It's a tough job, but these scrums happen all the time. But they rarely happen with foreign security because they usually take cues from us. If we give this foreign security a wink and say, hey, these, these press guys are okay, we're going to go. They usually don't say anything. What probably happened here, my guess and what I'm kind of like getting from some folks here is the North Koreans, are their secret service, is so not used to dealing with foreign counterparts, freedom, tyranny, and an open yeah. press show, that the North Koreans were just like, we're going to give you the double-barreled middle finger, press people. You're not coming in here. Right. Not realizing that our own press secretary was going to be like, oh, you're damn right they're coming in. And good for her with the hip check. I heard the press agent got involved afterwards and basically told them to beat feet out of there. The press got their shot. Now, a couple of takeaways from this, as I just said, number one, scrums are common that this happens. It's 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 just unusual with foreign. It It's not uncommon for the press to be getting in a scrum with themselves, mm -hmm. like getting over for the yeah. shot and for the, you know what I'm saying? Sure. But it's uncommon for them to deal with the foreign security like that. They usually don't stop us. So good for her for getting involved. But the irony here, folks, think of this from a bigger picture. President Trump is constantly attacked for calling out the media for what they are. A lot of them are fake news. But Joe, this is the most accessible president we have seen in American history Ooh. to the press ever. By Does any mile. sane person dispute that? Every time the guy goes out to the South yeah. Lawn for a lift to get on the helo, he stops, he does pressers. This is easily, easily the most accessible president to the press we've had in American history. What I'm trying to get at is the media's attacks on Trump are entirely disingenuous. He's attacking the press. No, he's calling out the press for the fake news people they are. They've literally reported fake news. They mm -hmm. promoted the Russia conspiracy. They're just hoaxers. He's not suggesting, though, that anything should be done to stop them. Anything seriously. I mean, you get outside his nonsense. Also, his press secretary, as you see in that uh, in the video, is is the one fighting for the press to get access. She's the one who got bruised up, hip checking the North Koreans to get the press access. So, whenever your liberal friends insist he's engaged in the war on the press, I always say how. 
by doing 50 pressers a week and taking, what, 100 questions? It's ridiculous. By his press secretary hip-checking the North Koreans to get them into the meeting? It's nonsense. It's all garbage. I, I can. I mean, this has happened to me before. I just remember specifically, you know, dealing with some of these foreign security people. You have to be firm with them, and I think the North Koreans didn't get the message. I was thinking this one specific incident when I was in a European country. I'm not going to say where. And I remember them specifically saying... Only these cars are going to be allowed inside the the equivalent of their White House. Now, we needed more more cars because one car did something very special, let's say, and it had to be close to other cars, right? They were like, it's not coming in. I said, listen, Daddy-O, I didn't call him Daddy-O, but you get the point. Mm-hmm. He spoke broken English. I said, let me tell you what's going to happen here, okay? There's a freight train coming down those tracks, I hear the train are coming. Sing it, Joe. Little Johnny Cash, it's baby. It's coming around the bend. I don't know the rest of that song. That. <laughs> I don't know when. I love Johnny Cash. <laughs> this, <it's, laughs> that freight train is coming. That freight train is called the President of the United States Motorcade, okay? Yeah. These cars are coming in. You can jump in front of that specific car if you want to and stop it. But there's a likelihood you're probably going to get run down like a dog. Okay, <laughs> I didn't say that in those exact terms, but I made particularly clear that that freight train was coming. He got the message. The North Korean guy apparently didn't until Grisham gave him a hip check. So good job. Now, what happened? President Trump met with Kim Jong-un at the DMZ. This is a historic moment. He is the first sitting president to walk into North Korea. I have been to the DMZ, the demilitarized zone, and the peace village at Panmunjom there. I give President Trump credit because how this typically works at the DMZ is if you notice in the video President Trump walking over the line, there's literally a concrete line in the ground separating North and South Korea at Panmunjom there. There's a blue building off to his right. The way this typically works, because, the, you know, the, the rock Marines, the Republic of Korean Marines who are on the South Korean side, no one really trusts the North Koreans. So if you want to go to the DMZ, you can step into North Korea if you get there. But the way they typically do it, Joe, is there's that blue house off to the right. You can see it. And mm-hmm. there's a door on the North Korean side and a door on the South Korean side. So the way it typically works is if you're visiting South Korea and you're privileged enough to get to the DMZ. I was there as part of a Secret Service mission. Mm -hmm. What you do is you walk in the door on the South Korean side, and when it's like the South Koreans turn, per se, the North Koreans leave. The rock Marines take over, and you, like, walk over to the other side within the house, and it prevents the North Koreans from you know, grabbing you and axing you to death like they did in 1976 with these uh, uh, these two army uh, uh, people who were trimming a tree. These two army personnel. Mm. Nobody trusts the Mm -hmm. North Koreans. Trump, who, of course, has a titanium spine um, and does, you know, does engages in this personal diplomacy. He didn't do that. He went outside. You'll see the blue house next to him, the little peace house there. And he stepped over the line and walked into North Korea himself because that's what Trump does. He is an unconventional politician who does things outside of the box and has this deep belief in personal diplomacy. I don't understand people criticizing him about his North Korean efforts to develop some kind of personal relationship. Listen, with Kim, we know Kim's a tyrant, a thug, a savage, an animal man beast. Everybody knows that. And trust me, I'm not highlighting my personal relationship with Trump unnecessarily here to sound like some tough guy, but I've spoken to President Trump. He is entirely aware 
of what Kim is capable of entirely. He is not naive about this, but he also understands that this is a potential nuclear power that could do significant damage to our interests. He's not seeking war with them. If he can develop a personal relationship to seek some pathway to some kind of relatively stable situation where we're not on the precipice of a nuclear war on the Korean Peninsula, good. What is the left complaining about? Joe, they didn't have a problem when Obama showed up in Cuba to put his, you know, to, 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 to slap their hands with the, with the Cuban tyrants. They loved it. Mm-hmm. What's the problem? What's your solution? He is an unconventional politician. He walked right across that line. I just, I just remember when I went to the DMZ, them saying, don't walk across that line. I'm not trying to be dramatic about it, but they were really, they don't do it. Don't play games. You know, the North Koreans deal with a different set of rules <laughs> than we do. Yeah. But Trump, and I noticed the photographer who's a friend of mine, the White House photographer. If you, if you watch the footage, you'll see her in the best. She runs across too, like, good for you, Shayla. She's, that's what she does. She's just, you know, yeah. she's got the, the, the uh, you know, as my daughter does, to the cause. She jumped right into North Korea. Good for you. All right. Um, big story this weekend broke uh, as well. Uh, folks, the Washington Post is up to their old tricks again. I want to get to this, and uh, I also want to get to... but. Uh, before the end of the show, I want to get to the owning of Acosta as well. Acosta just got humiliated. I got some more video later, so don't go anywhere. But the Washington Post, whenever the Post gets out ahead, uh, again, dreaded air quotes of a story, you can be reasonably confident that the intelligence community involved in the Spygate debacle is leaking to the Washington Post to get out ahead of a potentially damaging story. What happened this weekend? Why does it matter to you? Washington Post this weekend. I saw this creeped up and I thought, okay, uh, Bill Barr is definitely closing in on Joseph Mifsud. The Washington Post puts this piece out this week, and it's uh, by an alleged set of journalists here. The enigma of the entire Mueller probe focus on origins of Russian investigation puts spotlight on Maltese professor. Maltese professor, you're listening to the show. You're like, the Washington Post is writing about Joseph Mifsud. Finally. Nice job, Washington Post. Finally trying to get to Joseph Mifsud. Now, you know who Mifsud is. For those of you who don't, he is the Maltese professor who meets with George Papadopoulos in April of 2016. It is alleged to have told him that the Russians have dirt on Hillary. Folks, the Mueller report and the liberal conspiracy theorists out there try to make a connection between Mifsud and the Russian government. In other words, their theory, very simply, the Russian government, Russian insiders put Mifsud up to this, told them they had Russian dirt on Hillary and uh, a campaign worker for the Trump team, Papadopoulos, eagerly took the information. Now, for that story to be true, it has a bedrock, which the whole house has to be built on. That bedrock mm-hmm. is Mifsud has to be a Russian agent. Mm-hmm. It's kind of hard for Papadopoulos working for the Trump team to be taking information from a Russian agent, allegedly, because there's disputes about what happened, if the guy's not a Russian agent. So now it's very suspicious that the Washington Post, and I have a few screenshots from this piece, writes this piece this weekend, right as Bill Barr, the attorney general, is starting to hone in on what I believe is to be an entrapment scandal by friendlies trying to entrap Papadopoulos and others. Here's the first part from the Washington Post piece. I want you to pay special attention to this forging ties part. This is fascinating. From the Washington Post piece. 
An examination of Mifsud's activities also shows that he began forging ties, forging ties in huh? Russia years earlier. And that he was working to expand his network in that country around the same time he met Papadopoulos in 2016, including by trying to broker new academic deals with a powerful Russian state university. Forging ties. I thought the liberal FBI conspiracy theory media, I thought their entire premise, Joe, I need you as the ombudsman here, was that Mifsud was a Russian agent trying to pass information to the Trump team. Why was he forging ties? (laughs) I hear if, that train Joe, are coming. Am I, am I wrong? Are you not getting it's this? Like, if, if, if he's a yeah. Russian agent working with the Russians, yeah. why is he still forging? To, he's a Russian agent. What ties is he? The answer is he's not a Russian agent. Oh. This is the Washington Post trying to provide cover for yeah. Intel insiders involved in the Spygate scandal, yeah. trying to get out in advance. Hey, you know, maybe we were duped too on this Mifsud guy. The Washington Post steps on its own story and they don't even know it. <laughs> How was Mifsud a Russian agent who was simultaneously forging ties with Russians? Those ties should have already been forged. You think? Yeah. You think? I want to, by the way, I want an interested. I got an email from a friend this morning. He yeah. knows who he is. He listens to the show. But a guy you and I both know in the conservative content space who has an interesting theory on this too. I'll get that out in a second. But part two of this from the Washington Post piece. Where they, again, they debunked their own theory. Mueller's report is silent on whether Mifsud's interactions with Papadopoulos were part of the Russian government's efforts to interfere <laughs> in the presidential campaign and boost Trump. Oh, but officials familiar with the U.S. intel reports told the Post that Mifsud had been identified by intelligence agencies as a potential Russian agent before he met Papadopoulos, an assessment drawn from reporting collected over the years. Oh, my gosh. Jeez, Louise. Do you realize what they just did? Hat tip to my buddy. I'm not going to out you because you didn't give me permission to use your name. But again, you know who you are. Ladies and gentlemen, there's only two potential answers to what the Washington Post just did. Mm. Let me give you the less damaging one first. The less damaging one is that this guy, Mifsud, was not, in fact, a Russian agent at all, was either a big talker or an ally to Western intelligence agencies trying to set Papadopoulos up. And that the Mueller report basically concludes that by, quote, remaining silent on the issue. In other words, Joe, if Mifsud was a Russian agent, how is it that Mueller, with tens of millions of dollars of assets, all these FBI agents and all these high profile lawyers, Mm -hmm. and who also had access to the FBI investigation before into Papadopoulos, he's come up absolutely clean on this? Hmm. He has no information that Mifsud is a Russian agent. In other words, the liberal story that Mifsud was a Russian agent is total crap. Right. That believe it or not, that's story number one. Okay. That is the less damaging narrative to the liberal lunatic conspiracy theory crowd. You're like, gosh, what's the more damaging one? Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, pregnant pause here because this is unbelievable. Is it possible that the Intel community officials who leaked this information to the Washington Post? Just outed a double agent to save their own butts? Daniel! Now, I got this this morning, again, from someone. If he gives me permission on email to say who it is, you, I'm, I'm telling you, you all know him. And it was a brilliant, brilliant analysis. Wow. Could be. Hmm. In other words, is Mifsud a double agent? Was Mifsud 
recruited by the Russians as a potential agent for them, right? Yeah. Follow me. You, most uh-huh. of you know what a double agent. Some of you don't. Yeah, we're, I'm with you. In that process of being recruited by the Russians, was Mifsud then intercepted by Western intelligence friendlies mm-hmm. who then told them, okay, do, do your thing with the Russians, mm-hmm. but then report back on us on what the Russians are doing. In other words, the Russians think they have Mifsud as an agent, but Mifsud really flips and is working for friendlies and he's reporting on the Russians. Oh, it reminds me of that- man. Um, that Charlize Theron um, movie where she's that she's not a double, she's a triple agent. She's pretending to be working for the Russians while pretending to be working for the Brits while she's really working for the CIA. If Mifsud is a double agent, do you understand how damaging this is that Intel insiders just burned everything this guy was doing in the Washington Post in order to preserve the narrative that he was connected to the Russians to make this conspiracy theory look legit? Oh, dude. Do, do you do you understand how our intelligence community will have completely disintegrated yeah. into the air if this happened? You burn a double agent, potentially putting his life at risk solely because you want to defend your reputation. Say, look, he had contacts with the Russians. How do we know that? Well, because we flipped him. He was a double agent. We flipped him. We flipped him for real. Remember the usual suspect? Yeah, yeah. So you flip a potential Russian agent, you put his life in danger, and you out him in the paper to defend your own reputation? <laughs> Holy cow, dude. I got that this morning, and I said to him, hey, um, I was, th- I did, I kind of thought, but I, I, I'm not sure which one of those is true at this point. But wow. this I'm sure of. Mifsud is not a Russian agent. Whether he was a double agent, nah. a, an unwitting or a just accessory to an entrapment scheme by Western Intel friendlies. I'm telling you, Ms. Sud was not a Russian agent. And this Washington Post piece is nothing more than an effort to get out in front of this story before the damaging effects of this take hold about just what Ms. Sud was up to. Hmm. Remember, democracy dies in the darkness. Ironically, that's the Washington Post tagline. What they don't tell you is, here's the subheading to their tagline. We're turning the lights out. (laughs) The worst. All right, I got some video. Uh, Again, the owning of Jim Acosta continues. This guy's just totally beclowned himself. Love it. You know, it's funny. We've sold more books on pre-sale for my second book, Exonerated. It's coming out soon, by the way, folks. Um, Exonerated. We've sold more on pre-sale than Acosta sold in his first week on sale. And he's celebrating his dopey book like, like, you know, like he just conquered. Uh, he's Alexander the Great, you know, conquering half the world. I mean, this guy's such a joke. I got this video. This is great. Trump putting him in his place. But uh, last sponsor of the day, Helix Sleep. Are you in the market for a new mattress? If you're not buying a new mattress from Helix Sleep, you're making a big mistake. Why? Because Helix Sleep has a quiz. It takes just two minutes to complete, and it matches your body type and sleep preferences to the perfect mattress for you. Don't go buy some generic mattress made for somebody else. Tailor it to you. Are you a side sleeper, a hot sleeper? You like plush. You like firm. With Helix, there's no guesswork, no more confusion, and no more compromising. We have two of these in my house. We love both of them. I had to get two because my wife used to fall asleep reading my daughter's stories in her room on her Helix sleep, and Helix was kind enough to send us one, so I got my wife back after that. Helix Sleep is rated the number one mattress by GQ. 
and Wired Magazine. Just go to helixsleep.com slash Dan. Take their two-minute sleep quiz, and they'll match you to a customized mattress that'll give you the best sleep of your life. They can even split it down the middle, customize it for you and whoever you're sleeping with in that bed. That This is the mattress for you. They have a 10-year warranty. You get to try it out for 100 nights risk-free. They'll even pick it up for you if you don't love it. But you will. No worries about that. Helix Sleep is offering a nice discount here, folks. $125 off all mattress orders for our listeners. Up to $125 off at Helix. H-E-L-I-X. Sleep.com slash Dan. Helix. Sleep.com slash Dan. That's Helix. Sleep.com slash Dan for $125 off your mattress order. Helix. Sleep.com slash Dan. Go check this out, please, if you're in the market for a mattress. You will not find a more comfortable comfortable mattress for the money out there helixsleep.com slash dan go check it out okay without further ado here is president trump putting acosta in his place this is the owning of jim acosta chapter six hundred and seventy-five thousand four hundred and twenty-two. go ahead when you were asked about the case of jamal khashoggi uh you did not respond to that question in front of the, the Saudi i don't know conference. that anybody were asked me afraid of uh are yeah. you, were you afraid of offending him on that subject no not at all i don't really care about offending people I sort of thought you'd know that. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, The Muttley, we haven't heard Muttley in a while. Muttley made an appearance again. Okay. He just keeps coming back for more, this guy. Listen, I have nothing at all of substance to add to that other than nothing. (laughs) Usually I don't play clips. I just wanted you to hear it. That is it. The owning of Jim Acosta, chapter 675,422. He never, ever gets Uh enough of getting destroyed by President Trump. Nice work. We love that. Okay, moving on. More serious. What do we got? Five years. Okay. Uh, The Democrats, the debates were a disaster last week. We know that the flip-flopping continues. We're actually beyond flip-flopping now with the Democrats. We're into uh, flip-flop, flip-flops, where they flip-flop and then they flip back and then they flop again. We've seen that with Joe Biden. Joe Biden, of course, was for the Hyde Amendment most of his career, which keeps federal funds from subsidizing abortions. Then he was against it. Then he was for it again. Now he's against it again. Uh, We saw that. Now we see Kamala Harris employing the Joe Biden. Remember, it's not a 180. It's not a 360. It's a 540. The 540 strategy of flip, flop, flip, flop. So Kamala Harris last week during the debate was asked on the stage, how would they feel about canceling the private insurance for government run health care? She raised her hand. In other words, dumping your insurance plan. Now, instead of defending it, she's asked the next day. This is MSNBC. She's on this panel. You know, uh, Senator Harris, so you, you raised your hand yesterday that you're going to cancel people's private insurance in favor of government-run, single-payer, rationed health care, basically, right? Here's Harris, amazingly. Keep in mind, ladies and gentlemen, she's already flip-flopped on this. Mm-hmm. She opened her campaign suggesting she'd cancel your private insurance. She flopped. She flipped at the debate this week. Here's her flopping again. Do you believe that private insurance should be eliminated in this country? No. You don't? No, I but do not. But you raised your hand last But the night. question was, would you give up your private insurance for that option? And I said yes. Oh, I think I you do. heard it differently than others then. I probably, because that's what I heard. But, yeah, but I will tell you. By the way, but can I'm we have a rule, loving. by the way, in future debates? No more hand raising. Uh, <laughs> I, yeah, I heard it differently. 
I mean, it, it, it is un, it's, it's, un, it's unfathomable how little integrity these oh, people have with this. Damn. They take these positions. They think we're all stupid. Yeah. Who went? She knows exactly what was being asked in that question. Only her and Bernie Sanders that night raised their hands, by the way. Are you telling me every other candidate on stage misinterpreted the question? We know exactly what the, uh, was it Lester Holt who asked the question was saying. Are you in favor of canceling private insurance Mm -hmm. for government-run health care? Her and Bernie raised their hand. The next day she flops again. Folks, my point in this is a warning. The Democrats are lying to you. They are lying to you about what they plan on doing. I don't, and, and, and candidly, you may say, well, what are they planning on doing? I don't know. I don't know. It depends on what day you get them. Do you support middle-class tax hikes? Absolutely. The next day, do you support middle-class tax hikes? Not for the middle class. Huh, why? You just, you just said that. Do you support the Hyde Amendment? Uh, U.S. taxpayer money supporting abortion. I don't support it. The next day. Do you support the Hyde Amendment? I support it. I thought you just said you didn't. You did. oh, Kamala Harris, do you want to cancel private insurance? I want to cancel it. Kamala Harris, do you want to cancel private insurance? That's not how I heard it. Folks, you cannot trust these people. You have an election 2020 coming up. At least you have right now the burden to hand. You know what you get from Trump. You may not like his style. I don't mind it. Doesn't bother me at all. I like people who are unconventional and outside the box. You may not like it, but at least you know the truth. He's out there. He answers questions. You know what you're going to get. There's no act there, okay? This is all an act with the left. Now, doubling down on this, Julian Castro. This is a doozy. Julian Castro is promoting, again, this myth about emergency room usage. Before I get to this tweet, someone tweeted about his comments. He was on a, a weekend show this weekend. Julian Castro is a Democrat. He's running for president. He had a good night one during the debates, according to the Democrats, not according to us. Wants to open the borders. They love that. He just wants to decriminalize illegal immigration, right? Julian Castro, again this weekend, is promoting this myth that we are already paying for free health care for illegal immigrants in the country through the emergency room. And if we were to just give them free health insurance subsidized by you, that emergency room usage would go down. Emergency room is expensive and we would save money. Joe and I have talked about this. Repeat. This is a yeah. myth. But here's the tweet uh, quoting Castro uh, this weekend on the show from Mona Salama. She said, uh, quote, number one, this is from Julian, oh, Julian Castro, excuse me. Number one, undocumented immigrants already pay a lot of taxes. Second, we already pay for the health care of undocumented immigrants. It's called the emergency room. Okay, number one, the fact that people in the country pay uh, taxes in form of sale ta- sales taxes or whatever it may be is irrelevant. We pay taxes too. So what, anyone who travels into the country and picks up something and pays a sales tax is now entitled to free health care subsidized by U.S. taxpayers? This is this is idiotic. So forget his first point about they pay taxes. You know, I travel overseas. I paid a tax in Hanoi when I left the hotel. Does that mean I get to claim a Vietnamese-funded health insurance? That's a stupid point. It's so imbecilic, it's hardly worth addressing. But his second point, we're already paying for it through the emergency room. In other words, emergency room uses is, is, is expensive right. and uh, illegals and other people here are going to go to the emergency room. Therefore, if we just gave them taxpayer health care like Medicaid or government uh, health care like Bernie Sanders single payer system for all, we're somehow going to save money. 
Ladies and gentlemen, I've only debunked this nonsensical talking point probably 25 or 35 times on the show. Here it is again from NPR. NPR, folks, not a right-wing think tank, okay? This article is in the show notes today at Bongino.com. It's from 2016. Please read it. Subscribe to my email list on the website. I'll email you these articles. NPR, emergency room use stays high in Oregon Medicaid study. By Christian Fodel Venzel. Forgive me if I'm saying your name wrong. I'll, pu- I'll put a snippet up from this piece here in a second. But a little background on this. People were randomly selected in Oregon. That's why their emergency room usage there makes for a, a decent study and a decent sample size. They were randomly selected for the Medicaid expansion under Obamacare. In other words, given taxpayer-funded health care. The theory that Democrats keep lying to you about repeatedly is that ER usage goes down when you give people taxpayer-funded health care, Joe, because they'll just go to the doctor rather than ER instead. Ladies and gentlemen, we tried this in Oregon. That's not what happened from NPR. It says, quote, will Medicaid expansion save the country money as people stop using expensive emergency rooms for primary care? Not yet, suggests the latest findings from a landmark study published online in the New England Journal of Medicine. The study of Medicaid patients in Oregon who got Medicaid in 2008 found their ER use stayed high two years after they gained the health insurance coverage, even as they also increased their visits to doctor's offices. Folks, please keep this article in your cache of articles you can go to right away for your liberal friends. They will bring this ER thing. We're going to save money by giving illegals coverage or else they'll go to the ER. You will not save money. They've studied this already. The ER usage stayed high and then they went to the doctor too. It is not going to save money. There is no evidence of that at all. As a matter of fact, it is going to cost us money. Julian Castro is simply making this up, ladies and gentlemen. All right, stack show today. I know we got a little emotional at the beginning, but I don't know any other way to say it, folks. We don't share anything in common with these people anymore on the left. Nothing. Something's got to give. I just don't see how we are the United States of America anymore. We'd be the States of America, but we certainly ain't united. And I am perfectly willing to get back to arguing ideas, but that's not up to us. That's how we handle it. That's up to the radical violent leftists to put down their weapons, their concrete milkshakes, put down their sticks and their clubs, and to come to the table and argue like civilized people. That's up to you. We were there a long time ago. Sad. Well, thanks again for tuning in. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Bongino. Also subscribe to our audio show on Apple Podcasts, iHeart, and SoundCloud. And don't miss tomorrow's show. I have some montages. And also, I wanted to get to it today, but I went on a little bit in the beginning about that because it's important. There's another bold proposal being proposed by uh, by Donald Trump on uh, taxes. You may not have heard of it. It may affect you, and it's a good one. I'll get to that in tomorrow's show as well. Thanks for tuning in, folks. See you all tomorrow. You just heard the Dan Bongino Show. You can also get Dan's podcasts on iTunes or SoundCloud. And follow Dan on Twitter 24-7 at DBongino.